Welcome to the Chapman CG podcast series, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. Culture is always important in, in organizations, large or small. People want to work in environments where they feel engaged and inspired. And organizations therefore need to develop a unique culture which differentiates them from the competition. Of course, the fit goes both ways and to be successful, employees need to find the right fit for themselves as well. I'm here with Paolo Pisano, Group HR Director, CHRO at Gallup Energia, to discuss some of the nuances of organizational culture and engagement in the workplace. Hi, Paolo. Thanks for joining me. Pleasure to be here. So, Paolo, tell us a little bit about your role and the work you do. Um, well, I, I had the, uh, the people or HR function at Gulp. We are an integrated energy company with uh, just a bit under 10,000 people. We operate in uh, some 15 countries, do business in over 50. And I came in a couple of years ago to help with the transformation process for the company. So, as you know, there's a lot uh, going on in the energy sector, and we are on an interesting journey uh, to both make the most of our current assets and businesses, but also to explore new business models and to venture uh, further into the alternative energies uh, space. So that's effectively what I'm doing, and it's a it's a pretty interesting uh, place to be doing it at. Yeah, we talked about some of the complexities before, haven't we? Um, and why is it important for HR leaders, in your view, to monitor, measure, and manage, or, or work with organizational culture? Yeah, I think well, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great question and a great subject, right? Because organizational culture is, in, in a way, the software that runs organizations, right? So, so it's the way you do things, or in other words, what people feel they need to do to belong to a place or to an organization. So it affects every aspect of a company, and it has naturally very uh, deep results, a deep, deep impact, right, in the results of an organization. So, so whenever you have, I'd say, more than two people or three people in a room, you already have the seed of, of a culture, right? You like it or not. So the question then is, is how deliberate do you want to be in terms of how you develop a culture? So if, if you don't actively work on it, and know what I'm saying, work on it as, as part of your question, right, rather than manage it, but you have to work on the culture, you will still be there but it might not match your strategy or your aspirations for the organization. So unless you deliberately put effort on it, you might end up with something that is not really aligned to what you need. Yeah. And, and in your view, and you're based on your experience, how does culture of an organization help to create a high-performing environment? Yeah. So, so if you look at, um, at culture as how people get things done, you, you can see that it will permeate uh, you know, how people work with one another. Um, for example, do they choose to collaborate or to withhold information? Do people hold each other accountable for deadlines and deliverables, or are those pretty flexible, right, and things get postponed? Uh, how effective are meetings in an organization? Do people listen to each other um, and ask questions with curiosity, or is everyone more focused on displaying what they know, uh, imposing their ideas, or just getting to the results, right? So all, all those behaviors, I think they're part of a culture of an organization, and they can have a deep impact 
on the performance results. So many fascinating sort of elements and factors, isn't there? It's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, hugely yeah. complex when you when you think about it. What are some of the key levers that HR can use to to impact organisational culture? Yeah, so so it, it, it's interesting you talk about the complexity, right? Because um, culture can be viewed as a very complex thing, but also you can break it down to to I'd say more manageable um, elements, right? So. HR has an immense opportunity to affect culture, but we can't forget that HR is not solely responsible for culture, right? So culture is everyone's responsibility in an organization, but in particular, it's the responsibility of the leaders of an organization, right? So one, one way to think about these uh, components, these more simple components of culture, is to look at symbols, to look at processes and systems, and to look at behaviors, right? And I didn't invent, I didn't invent this. These are kind of distinctions that are out there in, in research, in books, or uh, some companies already think about it that way. And HR can have quite um, a significant impact in these three areas in multiple ways. So, so on behaviors, for example, you can link your recruiting, uh, your development and assessment process to the behaviors that support your organizational values and the culture you want to create. On symbols, uh, the decisions around how space is used in a company, uh, who has offices and who doesn't, uh, do meetings start and finish on time, how the company celebrates success or important milestones, who participates in certain meetings or big events. These are all areas where HR typically has a lot to influence and to contribute to. And in terms of processes, uh, we uh, manage uh, Many, I, I wouldn't say most, but many of the visible internal processes of an organization are managed by, by HR functions. So we have the ability to simplify, to change, to realign the processes, to help create the kind of culture that we want to reinforce in an organization. So quite a few levers really we can, we can move. And I'd say in HR we have the alibi, so to speak, to be involved uh, pretty much anywhere we want in an organization. Right? Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's uh, very helpful often to uh, to break things down into sort of uh, three or four areas, isn't it? So um, mm -hmm. it's good to hear. Thanks, Paolo. What what have been some of the the biggest challenges uh, you've had in impacting the organisational culture at Gallup? And, and please do share, you know, any of the successes that you've had. Absolutely. I mean, like like many many energy companies. Um, Gulp grew out of a combination of, of multiple businesses, right, over a, a long period of time, so over 100 years here. And some of the businesses that uh, that are part of Gulp were originally state-owned, some were utilities, some began as independent businesses, others uh, started, uh, you know, very recently, just a few years ago. So what we have here effectively is a multiplicity of business models and cultures. And the challenge uh, we had here is the challenge to create uh, better alignment, right, at the service of the strategy. So to help bring energy to people around the world in a convenient, in a cost-effective, in a sustainable way, we had to pick on three pillars for, for our organization specifically, right? And this is very context-driven, right, very specific to the time we've, we've been living at Gallup. So we've picked up on the pillars of autonomy, of accountability, and of meritocracy. So these themes have been guiding the kind of culture we want to reinforce, and uh, one of the challenges has been to strike the right balance between what you want to reinforce cross-company, right, really globally for all of Gallup, 
and where do you want to leave flexibility or autonomy for individual businesses to also hold on to what makes most sense for them, right, for their model, for their context, or for their geography. And, and I think, you know, looking back kind of just around these two years, we've made pretty good progress uh, in, in, in the last couple of years. We've, we have an organization that is more aware of the importance of culture, so people are able to articulate that kind of uh, across uh, most parts of the organization and all levels. Uh, of what our current uh, culture looks like and where we want to evolve it to, so a sense of aspiration and, and why, right? Why we want to change the culture. I think people are pretty aligned on that. And we've engaged in a number of changes that look to support the development of that culture, right? And these changes are very much aligned with some of the examples I've, I've, I've talked about, right, in terms of the symbols, the processes, the behaviors. And the feedback has, has been very positive. And uh, we have uh, more and more engaged colleagues that are helping us uh, in taking the lead on the work. So, so it means at the very beginning, the, the process of evolution of our culture was, was very much, I'd say, guided by HR and by the board. Uh, but currently, right, two years into the process, we have lots of champions around the organization. And I think uh, that has probably um, being the best uh, measure of our uh, relative success, I think, right, is that it's not something that now depends only on us, but it has a mm. certain degree of sustainability, right, where lots of people are involved in it. Yeah, and the, the awareness is, uh, is, has been a pretty effective sort of tool, I think, by the sounds of it. Yes. Fantastic. And what, what, what advice would you give uh, on the final point, Paolo? Um, what advice would you give to, to other HR leaders attempting to, you know, work or refine the culture within their organizations? Yeah, I mean, um, well, for, first and foremost, uh, be clear on why you want to do it, right? So define what is critical and why this is critical for you as an organization. Um, what is important and what is nice to have. And, and there's a, I mean, it seems obvious, but I don't think companies sometimes make enough of a distinction around that, right? And then make sure there is leadership commitment. So, so not support, not openness to it, but commitment. That is, again, a huge difference, right? If, if the leadership of the organization is not aligned to it, uh, it's uh, very unlikely uh, any effort in regards to culture shift is going to work. So, so working on culture, like on most things, involves the process of making tough decisions, uh, making trade-offs, uh, pressing on, like persisting, right? And if you don't have the leadership buy-in, the real commitment, um, you know, you're not going to go very far. If you do have it, then think also about how you're going to position it. So how you will involve people, how you're going to communicate, right? And then work on a long-term plan, not just the bells and whistles you put on for its launch, right? It's very common for folks doing work on change management or kind of organizational um, culture transformation to put a lot of effort on how you're going to launch the initiative, right? And, and they plan very carefully on what's going to happen, you know, in the first three months or the first six months. But this is very much... Uh, I use the analogy that it's more of a marathon than a sprint, right? What, what you need persistence, and you need you need for the change to be something that that is there over time. You don't change a huge organization in a question of weeks or months. It takes years, and therefore, having a plan 
where you're thinking systemically and you're thinking it over time is uh, is quite fundamental. And, and that was Paolo Pisano, Group HR Director, CHRO at Gelp, discussing connection between culture and performance in the workplace. Thank you for joining us, Paolo. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, subscribe to our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.